Third John, Third John. Please turn, if you would, to Third John. In the New Testament, Brother Gary and Brother Adam, page 270, Third John. Um, going through the writings of John, um, every single thing that John wrote, he has uh, certain characters, certain, uh, characteristics, certain qualities. Um, the, as we read through Third John, John, you'll you'll think to yourself, "Wow, this is Second John Part Two, and there's a lot of of, of theme from First John that are there." Um, tonight we're just going to give an overview of, of 3 John, and it might take us a few minutes, maybe a little bit more than that, and, and that's okay, but we have to understand uh, what's going on in, in 3 John. It's an easy, easier book to, to, to grab, but may God help us that we would truly understand these things. So if we were to have a brief reading of this letter or epistle, that word epistle means letter, uh, it would let us let the reader know that there are certain cues that this letter had been written by John, John the Beloved. That is, uh, read if you would please in Third John verse one, the elder unto uh, unto the well beloved Gaius. So that that just rings of Second John, the elder unto the elect lady. Okay, so we're going to get into why uh, he wrote to Gaius instead of the local church there, and that, that's that's later on in the message but but just that simple introduction that the elder um it, this wasn't a typical pattern of introduction of letters and and as we read through you'll see the love and the greetings and everything like that consistent with john's writings but the when when peter wrote as an elder unto other elders he said he was also an elder this is a specific title so this man really need no introduction to the people he's writing to other than the elder the letter has the same writing style as First and Second John, in that in the way he presents himself and the themes and and, and his closing and his his greeting rather and his closing. He says in Third uh, John verse fourteen, "But I trust I shall see thee shortly, and we shall speak face to face." So that's almost identical to what he said in Second John. The letter has the same theological pattern as first and second john this letter is is just a it's booming with the ideas of truth of love of examination of discernment of warning and we saw all those elements in second john uh, likewise it has a summary passage okay and all of john's writings he summarizes them so in, if, if we were to read uh, in, in the, the gospel according to John, just to catch the flow, and as we read these things, you're going to see how uh, the reader is, is expected to have spiritual growth. Okay, read these things. It's in the gospel according to John, chapter 20, verse 30, And many of the signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in his book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and in believing you might have life through his name. Salvation. The, the point of the reader that John wants to get across in the gospel according to John is salvation in and through only the Lord Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. That was John's purpose in writing the gospel according to John. John's purpose in writing 1 John is unto that believer who has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and believing, having life in his name, that that reader then would be assured of salvation. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. 
These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So those assurances, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, they would be assured and their, their belief would be uh, increased, that they would uh, grow in faith and practice knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just studied 2 John, and 2 John, the uh, verses 5 and 6, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk after his commandments. So the stresses of 2 John were active church membership through obedience, which is love. Okay, so that's what it's saying. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Behavior, obedience, that's love. And that through the Lord's assembly. Remember, there were several times where, where the elect lady was stressed. And now as we turn to 3 John, the, the center verse, the center verse of, of 3 John is verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is good, but, uh, excuse me, follow not that which is evil. Let me start over. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. What does that mean? We just we're, we're studying in the book of Proverbs. What word encapsulates verse 11? Isn't it wisdom? Application of godly knowledge? Okay, so now you, you, the reader up to this point has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation, the gospel according to John. They are assured of that salvation, 1 John. And 2 John, they're encouraged to walk in it. And 3 John, now they're encouraged to perceive in the day-to-day details of their lives that the knowledge that they have, the godly knowledge they have, would be applied in, in the affairs of life. Okay, you see, you see the growth that is expected of the believer when reading through the books of John. Okay, The last one, and we've read these every time we start a new book, Look in Revelation, right across the page there, in verse, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So the book of Revelation is putting it all together urgently. Okay? Urgently. Putting it all together. Isn't that something else when you just step back and see the thousand-yard view of, of the, John's writings? It's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. So... Okay, so 3 John. 3 John, the, uh, the, the recipient, we, we read the first part there, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius. Now, I think I'm saying that right, Gaius. His, his name is translated Lord, lowercase Lord, like boss or chief or captain, um, you know, overseer of, of a dominion. And we don't know anything else about Gaius other than what is known in this letter, 3 John. But what we do know about him is pretty amazing stuff. Gaius has a pretty amazing testimony. Okay, Look at verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So John sees him as a loved and trusted person. He sees him as a person that has prospered. In, in soul, meaning he has prospered in the gospel, in assurance of the gospel, and in walking in love according to the commandments of God. He sees Gaius as the person who has properly developed unto this point. So as we go through this letter, it might be wise for us to say, okay, I desire to be at least in these things as Gaius. 
that we could be ones that would be addressed now at the last of these writings, that we would be encouraged in true wisdom from the Word of God. True wisdom. He's loved. He's trusted. He's reputable. Look in verse 3. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in them, even as thou walkest in truth. Well, what a, what a reputable child of God. Yes, Gaius, it is reported that you believe and know certain things, and you don't just believe it and know it, but you live it. He's, got, he's a reputable child of God. He's also, in verse 4, it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. He's walking in it. You also see in verses 9 and 10 that he is a member of the local assembly. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. So he was a member of the church that John tried to write to. And because John could not write to that church because of diatrophies, he wrote to Gaius instead. You see that? So he is loved. He's trusted. He's reputable. Evidently, he's not a busybody. He didn't go all around town. And we don't know what town this is. We don't. When he says in verse 14, I, I, I trust I shall see thee shortly, we, we can get the idea that he's somewhere nearby. It's believed that John was in Ephesus at this time. So he's roughly, Gaius is roughly in the vicinity of Ephesus, we can presume. But even if he's not, Gaius is to, is to be understood as a person that whatever is in this letter, he would hold it close and dear knowing John is coming soon. So reputable, trusted, Loved and a member of the assembly. You notice that he didn't write somebody outside of the assembly and say, tell them what's going on in the assembly, and then said, I'm going to come deal with that. John wasn't messy like that, neither was Gaius, you see. You see, all this was done in order, but also it was done uh, because diatrophies, and we're going to get to him yeah. in time, that he was, a, uh, he was something else. We'll just leave it at that for now. The purpose of 3 John... Again, the central and key verse is verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. Well, how do I know what to follow if I don't have any discernment? And evil according to who? Good according to who? He's not, he's not saying, you know, check your horoscope or watch Oprah or ask Dr. Phil or, or you know, shake the eight ball. But he's, he's talking about evil and good according to godly standard. Yeah, we'll say the scriptures. We'll say the scriptures. Who gives wisdom? We just studied that in the men's study too. The Lord gives wisdom. So he's talking to a man who had God-given wisdom and application, and he says, okay, you know what is evil and you know what is good. Follow not that which is evil, but follow that which is good. And then he says, he that doeth good is of God. So the application of that, a person who, who has God is of, is of God or born of God does and pursues good according to godliness. And someone, he that doeth evil or continues in evil or wickedness, hath not seen God, is not born of God, and therefore continues in, in unrighteousness, you see. Wisdom, that's all. Exercise wisdom, Gaius, that's what he's asking. It continues the thought that salvation is accompanied by good works. I'm not saved because of good works, and neither is anyone else. But because of salvation, good works do follow. Please turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 8, it says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. How plain can we get? 
Salvation is of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of man. It's not what I think. It's not what I do. It's not what I say. It's not anything about me. The only thing that I provided for my salvation was the need for it. Salvation comes by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Not of works. And then verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. New creatures in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. God didn't save me unto evil works. My evil works are the old man. That's why Paul said in Romans 7, It's no more I that sin that dwelleth in me. God did not create me unto evil works. He created me unto good works. The effect of salvation is good works in the life of his people. Again, not of works. Salvation is not of works. That's any man should boast. He is the reason why if I have any good work, it's in him. It's his workmanship. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, that wisdom would be exercised. That's what John is saying in 3 John. Examine good or evil according to God and be exercised in true wisdom and following that which is good and not that which is evil. It continues the thought of vain religion and Gnosticism is it is indeed evil. Remember what Gnosticism is? The idea that knowledge is salvation? Or vain religion? You know, checking boxes? Or antinomianism because of grace, I can do whatever I want. So if you read 3 John verse 11 and say, because of grace, I can do whatever I want. He says, he that, uh, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. That eliminates antinomianism and Gnosticism right there. Vain religion. You look at the the pattern of, of this letter, again, because John is not able to write to the church because Gaius is blocked, or excuse me, Diotrephes is blocking those letters, that those interactions. It even says that he wouldn't receive the brethren. But John is encouraging Gaius in good behavior. If you if you when we read here in a few minutes, verses two through eleven, he's encouraging Gaius, hey man. I know you're a sinner. I know you're a human being. But but the testimony you have of godliness in verses 2 through 8, you know, I thank God for those things is what John is saying. He discourages Gaius from bad behavior, which is which is evident in the behavior of diatrophies. Okay? He then encourages Gaius to show discernment. Hey, these are the things you're doing right. Those are the things that Diotrephes is doing wrong. Here's right and wrong. Follow good. Don't follow evil. And then he gives a third person to give to give Gaius some perspective. His name is Demetrius in verse 12. So Demetrius has a good report of all men. So Gaius, you're doing well. Diotrephes is not. Demetrius is doing good. Follow good. Don't follow that which is evil. Trust the Lord. Do what he says. Exercise exercise wisdom. And then he he extends personal greetings to the church there in verse 14. Verses 13 and 14, that is. So it's a short letter. It really is. He writes to Gaius accordingly as the church has been blocked again by diatrophies and and in my mind, every time I hear the name Diotrephes, I think of the phrase church boss. Because when I was about Layla's age, I heard a, a message on Diotrephes, and the phrase church boss was used 
about a hundred times. So every time I, I hear diatrophies, I hear church balls. Like he did, like he's a bully up in there. It, well, he could. If you read it in the book of Jude, uh, he, it says in verse 12, these are spots in your feast of charity. Yeah. And when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds there are without water. There's not such a thing as a cloud without water. Uh, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, uh, plucked up by the roots, raising waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars of whom is reserved the, 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 blackest, uh, the blackness of darkness forever. But they, these people, the same type of people, you know, they sometimes they can be kind of charismatic. You know, sometimes they're really bullies, and, and that's true. Sometimes they're bullies, they're dictators, but but sometimes they're they're charismatic and they get a following and they they get a majority or they get a faction or they get this or they get that and then they rule by by a majority or they they uh, they they rule with an iron hand or they they, they can rule with, rule with smooth words too, cunning. Deceitful, wasn't Satan subtle more than any other creature? So Diotrephes, we don't know for sure, but we know this: the people that would come in and correct him, he prevented them, and we're going to see that. But Gaius again was that one resource that that John that we know of that John uh, had to that to that assembly outside of Diotrephes, that church boss. So how many members were in this assembly? We don't know. Was it five? Was it 500? We have absolutely no idea. All we have is this letter from John to, um, to Gaius. So now we're going to read through 3 John. okay? And, and foreseeably, I see at least 11 messages coming out of it. So this doesn't count. This, this is the introduction. So 11 more messages coming out of 3 John. In that, uh, I'm going to make a request, and I had requested that y'all read Second John week by week. I'm going to request that you read Third John also week by week. There's 14 verses; it'll take you about 10 minutes, okay? So at least once a week. Now, I'd also encourage you—you you don't do it right before you walk out the door before you come in here on Tuesdays. I would encourage you, you know, in some time where you could actually think about it and and, and mull these things over, that you would really think about these things. So we're going to read it, and I'm going to I'm going to give you a rough outline. Um, and, and then we're going to hit every bit of this as we go through. Okay, So the first message that's going to come out of, of, of Third John is titled Love and the Truth. That's verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Love in the truth. Now, there's a, and we're going to get deeper, so I'm just touching on these things. Um, having a love in the truth. There's a lot of people that I love in the truth, right? I mean, I love specifically y'all in the truth, and part of the reason that I love you in the truth is because uh, God Almighty is love, and He is the way, the truth, the life, Jesus Christ is. So love and truth are really inseparable, right? Godly love and godly truth, that is, are inseparable. Earthly love and and truth at times are at odds with one another. But a man having a love for another man, loving him in the truth, that is a beautiful thing. It really is, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, love in the truth. Verse 2. You see that this isn't just a superficial love. Sometimes we say, oh, I love you, and it, and it goes on. He said, beloved I, wish above all, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So, when you think about health, you have to think about someone in their totality. So he was concerned. He, he knows that, that, that Gaius is prospering in the soul. He knows him as a believer and, has, and he has testimony of him. 
but also he knows that that um, that Gaius is a, is a human being, right? So health, you're talking about mind, you're talking about emotion, you're talking about about physical health. You know, mind, body, and soul is, is the title for the second message. So he cares about the incomplete person of Gaius. You know, you know sometimes it's easy to, to say, oh, how you doing? You say, oh, okay, well, you know, your back's hurting, no, my foot's hurting, whatever. But do we really care about how someone is doing mentally and how they're doing, you know, emotionally? Right. I mean, he cared about he cared about Gaius, mind, body, and soul. I believe he really cared about him. He called him beloved, and he says, "I hope your body is holding up as well as your soul is." Okay. So whether in mind or whatever. So that, that's a pretty great subject. It really is. The third verse, the third subject, a testimony worth rejoicing over. He says, "Okay, so you know what? Let me just read it so you get you get the whole thrust of it, and then we'll do it." Okay. So the elder unto the well beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my, that my beloved, that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Which have borne witness, so the brethren and the strangers have borne witness of thy charity before the church. So John writing from a church, John writing to Gaius, who is the representative of the receiving church. Whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sword, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake, Christ's name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellowshippers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence, or he likes to have the show and lead things, the boss, among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. And not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren. He won't, he won't receive letters, he won't receive guest speakers, he won't receive others. An ungodly sort. And forbiddeth them that would. And casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. You see what he just said there. He, you're following good, do good. You're following after truth. Your soul's prospering. Hey, here's, a, here's an example of a guy who's evil. Don't be like the atrophies. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. So I want to pause right there for a second. Demetrius evidently is the guy that carried the letter to Gaius. So when so why does John feel the need that he has to present uh, Demetrius and give him validation there? Well, just as much as Gaius was well-trusted and loved and reputable, so was John. John was well-trusted, loved, and reputable. So for John to say, hey, here's Demetrius, receive him by my report. He's got a good report. I'm sure Gaius gave him a big old hug and said, pleased to meet you. <laughs> pleased well, to meet well, you in the well. Lord. You, you see that. You see how this is flowing here. And truth itself, yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. You, you know us. Here's Demetrius with this letter, receive him. And many things to write, I, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. 
But I trust I shall see thee and shall, shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. So one church writing to another church, John the writer writing to Gaius, by the hand of Demetrius, the letter is delivered, and he tells him to beware of, of, uh, of evil. Don't follow evil, follow good. I can't wait to see you. I'm coming soon. So again, the letter broken down at least 11 messages. The first message is love and the truth, verse 1. The second message is mind, body, and soul, verse 2. The third message will be a testimony worth rejoicing over, verse 3. Verse 4, he says that, that I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. So no greater joy, verse 4. It says in verse 5, five through 7, whatsoever thou doest, um, verses 5 through 7. Uh, let's see. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest. You know, and then he, he continues on. What, what happened is Gaius... He gave these traveling children of God and strangers, Jews and Gentiles, he gave them some, some, some money, some provision, whatever, to make the trip. And then they made it over there to where John was. And they reported of how well, uh, how well Gaius treated them. So what he's saying is everything you do, whatsoever thou doest, you got a good report in it. Man, wouldn't that be a testimony? In verse number 8, he says, hey, we're going to be fellow helpers. To the truth, meaning when they got there, they wanted to give some give some uh, some donations as well. So John, being encouraged by Gaius, uh, wanted to be also a co-laborer, and he was actually encouraged by Gaius. You know, it's hard for us to think about but the writer John was encouraged to follow a pattern from the guy he's writing to. But even that man who walked with the Lord Jesus Christ, he he saw encouragements in that other person. That, that's a pretty great pretty great idea. Verses 9 and 10, you got Diatrophes, the church boss. And, you know, we, we've got our minds that, you know, that he must be, you know, 10 feet tall and overbearing, loud voice, a world on his nose and all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I've heard of a form of Diatrophes being the old sweet little lady in the back who, you know, runs the show. And I've heard that more than once. Um, I really have. And that's sad. It really is. So as we read through these things, you know, everybody wants to see diatrophies in somebody else. But we should examine ourselves, and if there, and there are, because we're human beings, any hint or any notes or any, any kind of way that we can see diatrophies in us, we, can ask, we should ask the Lord to remove those things far from us. Because he's kind of like trying to be a dictator. He's not trying to do nothing. He has done it. He's not trying to be a dictator. He's done it. I see what you're saying, though. Um, so you see that, that the way John is even having to address this group here, you can see what a hold this person, Diotrephes, this church boss has. He, in verse 11, again, the center verses are wisdom and discernment. Follow good, don't follow evil. And then he says, evil is not of God. Good is, good is born of God. He mentions he has many things to write, and we can only speculate those things. And just as we did in Second John, we're also going to understand that minimally they're going to be in the same type of uh, of statements. Yeah. You know, loving truth, loving one another, gotcha. rejoicing over obedience, uh, desiring to help one another, seeing evil for what it is, and having discernment, wise discernment in those things. Yeah. And then the last message uh, will, will be peace and greetings. Verse. 14, or friends. I haven't decided what to name it. Peace and greetings or friends. 
So the letter of of 3 John, you might have noticed that it doesn't get into near the depth of theology that 2 John did. We spent more time in 2 John than we did in 1 John. There's five chapters in 1 John, 13 verses in 2 John. Much deep theology. And you might be thinking, well, it shouldn't take us that long. There wasn't near the depth of theology in 3 John. It shouldn't take us that long. Well, again, the expectation is spiritual growth at this point. You're supposed to already know and be child of God to know and be satisfied and settled that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and in his life, in his, in, in his death, burial, and resurrection, you'd have life. A believer is already to be at least encouraged to continue, as it says in 1 John, that, 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 you, would, that you would be encouraged. Again, he says in verse 3, These things have been written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And you have assurance in that, and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God, that you would be encouraged to have more assurance than being encouraged to have more assurance. And having assurance, Second John says we're to walk in love and obedience. Well, now in Third John, wisdom or the application of godly knowledge in the affairs of life and discernment is the expectation of the reading of Third John. So wisdom and discernment. And it's so easily stated or so simply stated, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good, according to godly standards. Why? He that doeth good is of God. Not he that believeth good, he that doeth good. Well, why do you do good? Because the wisdom of God brings out those good works. We are his workmanship. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So you have their wisdom and you have discernment. Discernment is the ability to judge with perception in the absence of obvious judgment with spiritual guidance or the ability to scrutinize right and wrong in an applicable and wise way. So before services, I ran a scenario by you, right? Well, that is not explicitly stated in the Word of God. Guess what? We have to use discernment and wisdom. What do we believe about the Lord's assembly and authority? What do we believe? True wisdom, true discernment. So the question is, if you catch yourself to the place of 3 John, okay, so y'all remember when you were in school and you go all year long, go all year long, and then you go on the summer vacation and you go back to school and then they start teaching again. You're like, wait a second, you know, did I skip four grades? What in the world are they talking about? Anybody besides me ever go through that? So if you find yourself in 3 John and these concepts are foreign, it might be wise for you to go back and read the gospel according to John. Because there are those that are Gnostic. They have a head knowledge of salvation, but these things, they don't, they don't make sense because that's all they have is a head knowledge. It could be that someone is saved, but they don't have assurance, let alone the wisdom to apply these things in their lives. So if need be, go back and read it. And if you have such questions, please call me. I'm, I'm available. Please call me. The question we have to ask ourselves, and we, these things should just flow for us, is have we grown? Has God given us wisdom in these things? If he hasn't, ask for it. Um, James, turn over there, James. Um, in chapter one, if any of you lack wisdom, if you all don't know what you don't know what's going on, Third John is a book of wisdom and discernment. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He won't shame you in it, and it shall be given him. 
discernment, wisdom. Third John doesn't make sense, ask God. And he does place us in the assembly that we would uh, that we that he would use us for one another, right? The, and, and we it says in Ephesians that the, the assembly uh, um, edifieth itself, right? The Spirit of God through the Word of God does does edify or build or grow in the assembly. So if, you're, if, you, if these things don't make sense, please please ask. But this is the literal pattern of spiritual growth for a child of God. We should expect to experience. This, we should be in, we should be in Third John spiritually. Ask yourself: Are you in Third John? Are you? Could it be said of you that someone has no greater joy than to hear that their children are walking in truth? Can it be said? In in. Uh, in verse 5, that thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest. Could it be said in verse 12 that, that so-and-so, supply your name, have the good report of all men and of the truth, truth itself? Is, is that something that's said? What if somebody said, boy, I sure hope you're prospering physically just as much as you are spiritually. Would that make you real nervous? That's a real question. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Some people aren't prospering so well spiritually. So if, if we're, if someone's not prospering spiritually, if somebody says, oh, I hope you're doing just as good physically as you are spiritually, then some people, some people are spiritually are in a very low place right now. Would you want to be in a physical low place? I mean, that, you see what, see what we're saying here? The wisdom, the application of these things. This book is a book of how sovereign grace applies in the lives of people, the people of God. That's what Third John's all about. How did sovereign grace deal with Gaius and how to treat other people? How did how did the lack of salvation, how how did just diatrophies being in the flesh? How did that teach him how to be a church member? He was a pretty rotten church member just by what we read, huh? How, how did the grace of God, according to election, teach Demetrius how to live and how was that shown in his life? Wisdom and discernment, you see. Do you desire, expect, and ask the Lord for spiritual growth? Again, John, Gaius, and Demetrius, and the friends, they're, they're all just people and they've died a long time ago. But what an example of God moving through his people of what testimony we ought to have. He's saying. Children of God, please again read this letter. Read this letter week by week. Week by week. And we shouldn't deceive ourselves either. You know, I mean, there's, I'm a human being, you're a human being, I have flaws, you have flaws, Gaius had flaws, Demetrius had flaws. Don't just see the good things. Don't don't say, oh yes, how Gaius am I and how Demetrius am I? Oh, you know, Lexington, what a diatrophies he is, you know, that and, and I use him as an example for everything. But we should look at this because all of us in verse eleven are following something. Everybody's following something. Gaius was following something. What was Gaius, according to verse 11, what was Gaius following? He's following that which is good, right? He's following the pattern of Christ, right? 
He's walking in light, 1 John chapter 1, right? If he confessed his sin, God was faithful and just to forgive his sin and to cleanse him from all unrighteousness, and then he would continue to follow in that which is good, right? Likewise with Demetrius. No doubt Diotrephes, because he had a station in the assembly, no doubt he had the, the mindset of, of 1 John chapter 4, excuse me, 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Evidently, Diotrephes was a liar. John, in verse 11, called Diotrephes, verses 9 and 10, evil, and not of God. Did you see that? We should read this letter week by week. Examination. Week by week. Thanking God. Right? Don't read this under despair. Read it like this. If, if, if Gaius and Demetrius were following after that which is good and called those of God, they are of God, those that would follow Demetrius and Gaius would also be following God. On the opposite end of that, if someone were to follow Diotrephes, who would they be following? So apply that. Let's have wisdom and discernment. If someone followed me, where would they end up? If someone followed you, where would they end up? Would they be following after good or would they be following after evil? Would they have evidence that they are of God? Or would that bring forth evidence that they have not seen God? That's wisdom. That's discernment. Children of God, just as we go through again, salvation, assurance, walking it in love, and now applying it. Wisdom and discernment. Wisdom and discernment. Please learn and grow in this study. Read it week by week. And ask the Lord to bless in these things. Lord, give me a touch of what you gave Gaius. Lord, give me just a sprinkle of that Demetrius. Lord, give... And we know that these things came from God. It's not because Demetrius or Gaius were so great. They were sinners. They were, they were jerks right. and dirtbags and, and, and just worthy of the flames of hell more than anybody. That's right, bro. But God, based on, on your work, please give me just a measure of that. And if there is but a measure of diatrophies in us, in any one of us, ask that the Lord would expose it and rid it of us. I look forward to this study. And again, it, it might seem like it's not as, quote, theologically deep, know, but there's bro. a lot of depth here. I don't here. know, brother. I'm pretty excited. There's a lot of depth here. Yeah, there really is. That's pretty excited. Good. So again, read it. Set a timer. Read it once a week. Sin of your soul will not prosper. Look at this. Again, in verse, in verse 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. There is no prospering of the soul outside of Jesus Christ. None. There's no prospering of the soul. You might be happy here and there. You might have good days and bad days. You might even have mostly good days and a bad day here and there. But true prospering of the soul cannot be had outside of Jesus Christ. And guess what? In verse 2, 
the questioning of the, the soul's prospering was uh, the soul's prospering was not in question. He was praying for the mind and the body of Gaius, right? So outside of Christ, if your soul is not prospering, the best you have is a dying body and a dying mind, a withering mind. I would encourage you to see your desperate condition and how you will not prosper but end in failure except except you be saved and born again in the finished work of Jesus Christ. In verse 11, it says, Falling out of that which is evil, but everything about you is evil. And you follow your conscience. You follow, you follow your inner man. What you think is right. How do I know that you do that? Because you haven't repented of it. You follow your own self. Evil. And in following your own self, again, verse 11, He that doeth evil hath not seen God. What a desperate condition outside of God. Alone, all by yourself. And yet in time, in time, there will not be a wonderful greeting, but face to face, seeing God, we cast alive into the lake of fire. I would encourage you to repent of yourself. Repent of those things that are evil. Repent of yourself. Follow that which is good. Well, what is that? Jesus Christ said, take up your cross and follow me. Follow him. He alone. In his death, burial, and resurrection, follow him. Repentance, turning from self, turning to him. Follow him. And be saved from your own guilt, your own sin, your own filth, your own wickedness, your own evil. Repent. Follow that which is good. He that doeth good is of God. Do you desire to be of God? That's a question. Do you desire to be of God? Many people want to want a fire escape, but they want to hold on to their sins too. Here's where theology, empty, vain religion, comes to an end. What do you do? What people say is who they pretend to be. What they do is who they really are. If someone says, oh, I know him, and we read that in 1 John chapter 2, but they're disobedient to the command, they're following themselves, and their hearts are far from him, yet they confess with their mouths. The application in verse 11, again, is who do you follow? What do you do? Where is your heart? He that doeth evil hath not seen God. I would encourage you to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow Him and be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word.